from God our Father, through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. I'm going to show you a sign, and I want to see how quickly you can tell me what it means, all right? I'm going to show you the sign. You tell me what it means. You ready? Hospital. Hospital. Good. And you all got that pretty quickly. Uh, there wasn't much hesitation as to what does it mean, what's it trying to convey or tell me, and that's a good thing, right? Because when you need a hospital, you need a hospital. You got to get there quick. Well, we're going to continue on in our Epiphany Sermon series uh, through the seven signs of Jesus, and the sign we're looking at today, the second sign, is going to be a hospital sign. Uh, we're going to be thinking about a hospital sign. Uh, and this is a sign that I'm sure you've seen before, the blue sign with the white H. It's quite recognizable. Anywhere in the state you go, you can see that sign and you know it's pointing ahead to a hospital. You can go anywhere in the country and you could find this very same sign telling you there's healing up ahead. Now this one's generic, but up here on the screen we have one that's a little bit more specific to our community. Uh, have you ever seen that sign before? Uh, I'm sure you have. That's a Sparrow Hospital. Maybe you've been to Sparrow Hospital as a patient. Uh, maybe you work there. Uh, maybe you've never been there as a patient, but maybe you visited someone there. Uh, I know many of you. I've seen you at Sparrow Hospital as your pastor. Uh, this is right across the street from our Christ campus in downtown. And I want you to imagine something. Imagine a scenario as we're looking at this Sparrow Hospital sign just play along and imagine something with me. Imagine you wake up and you've got the flu. It's a bad one, really bad. Uh, your fever is going up, up, up. Not just 100 degrees, not 101, we're talking 104. Uh, you've got the sweats, you've got the chills, you're weak, you're coming in and out of consciousness. It's getting really bad. What do you do? You go to the hospital, right? You go to the hospital, and now just imagine you drive to the hospital, or someone drives you to the hospital, or the ambulance takes you, and you see that Sparrow Hospital sign, and you run up to it, and you put your arms around the hospital sign, and you cling to the sign. What's going to happen? <laughs> Nothing's going to happen, right? That sign, that hospital sign, really does you no good. You can hold on to that sign. You can stay there all day. You can hug it. You can cling to it. But the hospital sign doesn't bring you any healing. It's the hospital itself that brings you the healing. The sign is pointing you this way to healing. Now, I know that's silly, kind of ridiculous, but keep that idea in your mind as we go through our text today because the relationship between the sign and the source of the healing is what we're going to be talking about. Uh, so we're looking at the Gospel of John. We're in John chapter 4, and the second sign that Jesus does in the Gospel of John. So he came again to Cana in Galilee, where he had made the water wine. And at Capernaum there was an official whose son was ill. When this man heard that Jesus had come from Judea to Galilee, he went to him and asked him to come down and heal his son, for he was at the point of death. So here's Jesus, and he's in Cana. 
And John tells us, remember Cana? Remember what happened there not that long ago? John tells us that's where Jesus turned water into wine. And this isn't just a throwaway detail, but this is very important because that first sign of Jesus, water into wine, has a lot of connections to this second sign of Jesus. And as we go along, I'll I'll be pointing out the, the parallels and the connections between these two signs. So here's Jesus. He's in Cana. And we hear that an official uh, approaches him. This official comes to Jesus with a question. Uh, What is meant by an official? Uh, We don't exactly know. Uh, A lot of commentators think that this man that comes up to Jesus probably worked for King Herod in some way, part of the the, the palace. Maybe he was a direct report to King Herod or one of his servants. But he comes up to Jesus and he tells him, I have a son who's gravely ill. He asks Jesus, to heal this child. The child's at the point of death, and the man comes to Jesus asking, help me. What happens next? Jesus said to him, unless you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. The official said to him, sir, come down before my child dies. Now remember, the first sign, the wedding of Cana, Something similar happens, right? Mary comes up to Jesus. Mary says, Jesus, we're out of wine. We need to do something. What does Jesus say? How does he respond? No, not right now. This is not the time. And the same thing happens here. This man comes up to Jesus asking for healing for his child. And how does Jesus respond? It sounds like no. He says, unless you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. It doesn't sound very promising, right? It doesn't sound like Jesus is going to heal this man's child. Now, why would Jesus say that? Why would he say, unless you see signs and wonders, you will never believe? You know, Jesus is telling this man, he's telling the people gathered around, he's telling you and me to watch out so that we never put our trust in the sign over the Savior. He's asking this man a question that cuts right to the heart. He's asking you and me a question. He says, is your trust in the sign or is your trust in the Savior? Are you trusting in the healing or are you trusting in the healer? Are you trusting in the work that I can do or are you trusting in me and me alone? This is a question for us to consider in this sermon. Is our trust in the sign or is our trust in the Savior? And Jesus makes it clear, never, never let the miracle eclipse the miracle worker. Never let the healing eclipse the healer. But the way that this man responds shows us that he's not just trusting in the sign, but he's all in with the Savior. What does the man say? man says, sir, come down before my child dies. He goes all in with Jesus. He's not just trusting in the thing that Jesus can do, but he says, Jesus, I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm all in. So as we go on, this is verse 50. Jesus said to him, go, your son will live. The man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him and went on his way. 
As he was going down, his servants met him and told him that his son was recovering. So he asked them the hour when he began to get better. And they said to him, yesterday, at the seventh hour, the fever left him. Jesus speaks a word to this man. He says, go, your son will live. And the man clings to the word of Jesus. He clings to the promise of Jesus. And he walks away. He leaves trusting in those words. Now think about it. Has he seen his son get better? No. Has he seen the sign? Has he seen the miracle? No. But his trust is in the Savior. His trust is in Jesus and his word. So when Jesus says, go, your child will live, he clings to the promise of Jesus. And he goes. But the servants, meanwhile, the people back home with the child, caring for this sick boy, what's happened to them? What have they seen? They've seen it. They've seen the miracle. They've seen the sign. They see that he's starting to get better. So they leave the house, and they go to tell their, their, the, the child, uh, his father, and say, your son is better. And they meet halfway. And they tell him the good news. And he asks the question, when did this happen? And he figures it out. Exactly when Jesus said, go, your son will live. And going on here, this is verse 53. The father knew that was the hour when Jesus had said to him, your son will live. And he himself believed in all his household. This was now the second sign that Jesus did when he had come from Judea to Galilee. So this second sign of Jesus, uh, we've just walked through it, but now I want to ask the question, so what? Jesus heals this man's child, but what does that, that mean for you and for me? What's the application here? How, how do we take this from Sunday morning into Monday? Well, there's a couple things we have to keep in mind. Uh, remember how I started? the relationship between the hospital sign and the hospital itself. And as we were thinking about that, it, it's silly. It makes no sense to put our arms around the sign rather than the hospital. The sign doesn't give the healing. The hospital gives the healing. And as we worked through this second sign of Jesus, we realized the sign wasn't the thing. Our trust was not to be in the sign. Our trust was to be in the Savior. This man trusted in Jesus not in the sign. And there's something here for us, for you and for me, because our trust is not in the signs of Jesus, but those are just pointing us to him, pointing us to the Savior. Our trust is in Jesus alone. He brings healing. He is the healing one. He's the divine physician of body and soul, the one who can take all that is broken within us, all that is broken in our world, and make it new again. Jesus brings healing to his people. And as we're thinking about healing today, let me ask you, what kind of healing do you need? What kind of healing do you need from Jesus? Uh, is it bodily healing that you need. Maybe it's a cancer diagnosis. Maybe it's a cancer diagnosis from the past that you're worried about how it's going to come up again in the future. Maybe it's back pain. Maybe it's heart issues. 
Or maybe it's not bodily healing that you need. Maybe it's spiritual healing. Uh, Is there a weight weighing you down? A burden on your heart? A burden on your soul? Uh, Are you frustrated? Are you overwhelmed? Are you overworked? Stressed? Is there despair in your world? Depression? Shame? Is there guilt? Regret? Or maybe it's relationship healing. Is there a broken relationship that that you need Jesus to heal? Uh, Maybe a broken family, broken marriage, broken friendship, brokenness at work. What kind of healing do you need? We need to realize that Jesus brings healing to those things. Jesus has promised, Jesus has shown us through these signs that he is able to do so. He is capable, he's powerful through his ministry of healing, through his death on the cross, through his resurrection, the empty tomb is all proof that Jesus can and will heal our bodies, our souls, our relationships. He can heal our broken world. Jesus brings healing. I don't know when that healing will come though. It might come today. Jesus might bring that healing tomorrow. Jesus might bring that healing this week. Maybe Jesus will bring that healing on the last day when he comes again. We don't know when that healing's coming, but we know Jesus heals his people in body and soul and in all things. But remember, our trust is not in the sign. Our trust is in the Savior, in him. So even though we don't have that healing yet, even though we're waiting for that healing from Jesus, someday we live in that healing now. You may not have complete peace. You may not have complete healing. You may not have complete rest from your burdens, but you know that one day you will. In Jesus, you will. And because of that, you have that peace and that healing and that rest now. Remember that man? Jesus says, go, your son will live. And he walked away in that healing. He hadn't seen it yet. He hadn't experienced it yet. But he knew his Savior was powerful to do it. And that's true for you and for me. Whatever healing you need, Jesus will bring it. We don't know when. We do know we'll be on the last day for sure when he returns. But in between now and then, we live in the peace and the healing of Jesus. And I want you to hear these words as we wrap up. These are words of Jesus, words of peace and comfort and healing. Jesus says, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. That's true in the future, but that's true today as well. This is most certainly true. And now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus to life everlasting. Amen.